Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. I'm recording from Florida this week, doing some meeting with some clients. So I'm down in warm, sweaty, hot Florida. <laughs> warm, sweaty, hot Florida. Yes. That's a, uh, yeah. Sounds like, well, it's, it's a good time. Can you get to the beach at all? Or are you going to get get any water? Uh, no, I I burn, peel, burn, blister, burn, peel. So I am not a sun person, no. <laughs> Got it. I understand. I, uh, yeah, if I I'm if I indoors. go in the water, I try to stay as deep in the water as I can because it's cooler down <laughs> yes. there and out of the sun as much as possible. Yeah, that, that's how I'm it works. I'm the one at the beach where they say, look at those legs. Ooh. So. <laughs> well, you know, judgy people will be judgy, I guess. You exactly. Know, so. All right. Well, I, I know that uh, some people will, buy, will judge us by our next statement, but from what I understand, we're talking about sandwiches today. Uh, yes, kind of, sort of, I guess. Okay. But we're really talking about the sandwich generation, Eric. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked a lot in all the podcasts about our our process, and we certainly focus on investment management, but we also focus a lot of energy and time with our clients on advanced planning topics, and that could be wealth transfer, wealth protection. Um, and part of wealth protection is also, you know, uh, working with clients to protect the generational wealth that might be coming to them and also helping um, assist the kids and the grandkids who have come after them. So mm -hmm. that's why they call it the sandwich generation. It's there. I'm finding more and more that I'm working with my clients, not just on their planning needs, but also on helping them with their parents, their uh, in-laws, you know, their, their kids and their grandkids. So they're stuck in a sandwich, I guess. That's why they call it that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you bring up a great point that and I'm in this situation. It's it's not only my parents that I'm I'm helping and and worried about or, or helping to make sure I don't have to worry about them, uh, but my kids and I also have grandkids. So it's it's almost like a club sandwich. You're adding an extra layer there. <laughs> oh, see, okay, that's going to be the new title of this podcast: the club sandwich generation. How's okay. that? Yeah, Hold I don't know if that's been coined before. If it has, I apologize, whoever owns that. But you you can't own a club sandwich. Anywho, no. all right. So when when thinking about this, where do we start? I mean, there's there's so many variables, right? Yeah. So when we work with clients, we create what we call a uh, total client, client profile. It's basically a mind map, a visual picture of their financial life. And in part of that uh, mind map or that client profile, we always um, try to talk a lot about who are the other people or who are the people they really want to help. You know, children, grandchildren, uh, we do help them with gifting. Um, and we're just finding that with more and more in these meetings that we have with clients, that we're um, they're they're focused on helping their their parents, um, their aging parents typically, and so we want to help them balance you know their responsibilities because a lot of my clients are most of my clients are super generous. They mm -hmm. want to give their time and treasure to support their kids and their grandkids and their aging parents, um, and we just want to always help them do that, but also help them balance um, to make sure that they're not going to, you know, inhibit or harm their ability to retire also. So 
part of the, the conversation we have is this balancing of responsibilities. It's, they're being pulled in all directions. And I know that certain cultures, parents pour a lot into their children because part of what their culture is is that the children will take care of their parents as, as mm-hmm. they age. And so they don't do a whole lot for retirement. They do all for their kids to hopefully guarantee their kids will take care of them. I, that, that scares me, right? I mean, that, that, that scares me a lot. I, I don't want to pour all my money into my children because what if, you know, they decide they want to do something humanitarian and they you know are going to work for a nonprofit and they're not going to make a, a whole lot of money which is great and honorable but that means they're not going to have the money hopefully to you know to take care of me so i want to make sure my retirement is sealed before um expending too much like you're talking about exactly and you know covid um and all the impacts of the covid and distancing and sheltering and working remotely that i think that's really exasperated the challenges but also it's kind of highlighted, um, there's just a lot of people changing, you know, so whether that's my kids deciding to, you know, work remotely in a different city or change Mm -hmm. jobs or, you know, now uh, my grandchildren and, you know, the challenge they have in terms of remote learning and, you know, now they're back in in, in in-person learning. Mm -hmm. But the other thing too is especially with aging parents, you know, you probably experienced this too, it was, one of the saddest parts of, well, there was a lot of sad parts of COVID, but one of the saddest parts was, you know, we had um, several clients pass during 2020 and, you know, just the inability to go see them um, at their service or go see them when they're, when they're in the hospital or, you know, people are, re- are reevaluating. Do I, do I want to have my parents in a home, for example, where I can't go in there or whether maybe they're, you know, in some cases, um, they've caught COVID as a result mm-hmm. of it. So um, my, my only point is that it's, I think people are just reevaluating all the challenges uh, of aging parents and supporting them as well as kids and grandkids. Um, and COVID has really exasperated that, I think. I think that a lot of people actually found out that having home health care uh, compared to having somebody in a facility, the cost wasn't as, as drastic as they thought, difference-wise. Mm-hmm. Because you and I have talked about cost of you know having somebody in a facility uh can be you know eight to fifteen thousand dollars a month um and they you know people are reevaluating saying what can we do to ensure that they're safe and at home with us so we can spend more time with them but have the care that they need and the freedom that they want um i think that that industry actually took a step forward uh because of the reevaluation you're talking about and so as a result of working with you know, clients and just talking more and more about it this year, and in particular this fourth quarter as we're having year-end meetings, I came up with five key things or five kind of areas that I wanted to talk about today or considerations that people should think about um, as it relates to this um, sandwich generation or club sandwich generation, as you call it. (laughs) All right. So where do we start? So the the key is, the first one is what I mentioned already, which is you got you to gotta manage your own finances. So I'm working with a client this week. Uh, she would really like to help um, her, her, her child who just recently got married uh, basically buy a house. You know, he doesn't have the down payment. He's somebody like you mentioned earlier, Eric. You know, he, he's doing amazing things, but he's not, he didn't choose an industry or profession where he's going to be paid a whole lot. So it's harder for him to borrow money at the bank. And so we're walking through this process where, you know, uh, she wants to 
provide uh, support. And I said, well, the first thing we need to do really is take a look at what you need. Uh, what do you need each month? What do you, you know, what, what, as a result, how much revenue and how much assets, you know, balances you're going to need? Because before you start giving away money, um, what I don't want it to do is impact your ability. Mm-hmm. And then we could also think of creative ways to help her child to buy the house, uh, you know, short of just giving a lot of money for a down payment. So we went through a process of just reestablishing what are your finances? What are your what's your budget? What is that after-tax monthly cash flow you need to maintain maintain your current standard of living? And then, as a starting point, it gives her a better feel for okay, now I get it. Now I know what I need to be stable. Let's talk about um, what I can provide. You know, it's almost like I want, when I flew to Florida, they, they have that standard line where they say if the oxygen mask comes down, you know, put it on your you first, um, and then you know mm-hmm. help everyone around you. Um, and that's the same concept, I think. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And then getting to that or flowing to that would be number two, which is creating a budget. And um, I know budgets to a lot of people are like diets, you know, don't tell me to get on one because I don't know if I can keep it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an evil word to some the people, word. but we, we want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And really when, you know, in, in the case I just exampled, <clears throat> I just gave you as an example, we went through the process and we figured out how much after tax you know, cash flow needs to come into the account every month. And then from there, I find that a lot of people, including myself, don't necessarily want to be on a set budget, like, okay, I can only spend this amount per month. But oftentimes, if, I, if we come up and say, all right, we estimate that you need 5000 a month after-tax cash flow in your checking account, let's monitor the checking account for the next six, you know, three to six months and make sure that if 5000 is going in, that the account balance is staying the same. And we know for, you know, if the account balance is going down, then 5,000 isn't enough. Or if the account balance is going up, then maybe, you know, 5,000 is plenty. So rather than, you know, try to like go on a diet and say, I'm gonna stick to X amount of calories, um, we just monitor the cash balance for 90, 180 days, six months. Um, and that's, that's how I have found that's the most, uh, that's the best way to kind of uh, help people track money um, you know, over time. Okay. I wanted to make sure she had a conversation with her son or I'm working with another client where we're planning for, um, you know, an, an aging parent and I want, I help them go through the same process to find out, well, what is it that the parents need? You know, what are they spending? Where is it going? Are there ways we can restructure if there's a mortgage or if they're living one place, can we stretch it by moving, helping them move somewhere else? So, we not only want to do the budgeting for the client, but we also want to follow that same process if they're trying to support their parents, their children, or their grandchildren. So as you can imagine, it's just a, it's a complicated process, time-consuming, but I think you have to go through all these exercises before you can really come up with a plan. You've said it before many, many times, and, and the plan, as long as you're able to stick to it, and that's one of the things that you do is, is help provide accountability and that support system uh, with your entire office that people can stick to their plan, like sticking to that diet, right? Like you were talking about, if there's no accountability, I'm off the diet quick, right? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. you know, you have a plan, your team really helps with that and, and motivates and, you know, has that accountability piece. And I mean, that's a recipe for success. And then the third one I talk about, because I find I run into this actually, unfortunately, fairly often is you need to be aware of scams. So, mm. you know, you and I, we all get emails. We all know that you know what to what to answer or not answer. I have once a month or twice a month. I have a client who 
has had their email account hacked. But what I find even more often is uh, with the tradition, somebody's calling. So this actually happened um, about two months ago with my mom. She had gotten a call for to refinance, you know, a small mortgage that she had. And so she didn't really tell um, me about it or my brother, who's, you know, her, her, her attorney. Um, but what we found after she had gone through the process when she was about to refinance was that it was thousands and thousands of dollars of mm. like refinancing fees that she was going to pay um, if she did it. And so fortunately, you know, towards the end, she said, hey, can you look at this? And I did. And I, so I said, first of all, you don't really need to do this at all. But secondly, this is some sort of scam. And um, my, my brother is the tough one. So I, I, I put him on the case and he, he basically went to those people and he's like, look, you call her again, you know, and then mm -hmm. you're going to have trouble. But you have to have conversations with your parents, especially just periodically about what's going on, what are you doing, um, and talk about IRS is a big, you know, the fake IRS agents, fake Medicare agents. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason why an IRS agent would call you, um, especially and ask you for details. But you read about it all the time. It happens all the time. And, I, you know, that's it's number three, but maybe I should move it to number one. Just beware of scams as you're working in this sandwich generation trying to help your parents especially. How, how do you bring that up, Tim? How, what do you suggest to your clients? Just you know, periodic questions? I mean, I, I don't want to you, you don't want to be invasive, but you you really do need to make sure that your parents are are okay. Yeah, you know, what I do often is I'll just I'll tell stories. I'll say, "Hey, I just read about this situation where it's becoming more and more common where you get a, a grandparent gets a call mm. and they say it's it's the grandchild and I've just been arrested or I've just been in an accident and you know, can you send me money because I don't have my wallet." I mean, you would be amazed at how many people do that, but you could understand because, I mean, if my granddaughter called me, I'd go, what do you need, you know? Yeah. Um, so they really prey on, so you, you, talk, you talk about those stories, and then sometimes they'll say, yeah, I, you know, I have a friend of mine, and she got that call, and, mm. you know, she didn't do anything, or we talk about IRS calls and Medicare calls, and I think a lot of times if you just tell stories, you're, it's about somebody else. And then it's not as threatening, maybe, yeah. or not as like what's going on with you, um, because th there's no doubt, um, parents, grandparents, they're you know they understand that we're all worried about them, <laughs> and they're paranoid to some extent to, to talk about some of these things. So I found it's a lot of times through stories you can make it happen. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then the fourth one is is related to that. It's try your best to communicate openly. Um, talking about money is obviously always very difficult. And um, I can tell you that I've, in my career, I've probably run across dozens of situations where um, a parent dies, passes on, and the family realizes that there was just crazy, um, not you know, bad finances, whereas everyone thought things were fine. Mm. Um, other times, the opposite is where somebody passes and you're like, oh my gosh, how did they accumulate that much money? There's always this balance or there's always, you know, between do I share a lot with my kids and grandkids? Do I ask a lot of, to, of my parents and grandparents maybe? But I do think that somehow I have found that communication and openness and transparency if possible is best. An, an open dog dialogue about money, about health, about estate planning. 
you don't need to know all the details or ask the details, but I want to make sure that that planning is happening because I've, you know, we we as a firm manage a lot of us help manage a lot of estates where the planning didn't occur, you know, our clients' parents, and it's just it's really expensive and time consuming, um, and not, and typically what the parent or grandparent wanted to happen, where the money was supposed to go, doesn't really happen because the planning wasn't done. So mm. I lean towards, you know, more communicating than less. And then the other part of that too is, you know, we've talked a lot about um, making sure that uh, we collaborate with other advisors. So if I'm working with my uh, client's parents, I want to make sure that I connect with their CPA um, if they have one, or their accounting person, or at least look at their tax returns to see how things are, you know, being reported. I also want to connect with their attorney, at least to make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, maybe they're, if there's a trust officer involved, their Medicare, Medicaid specialist, if that's part of the, the package. But I just want to make sure that I'm always connecting with um, their other advisors too. And then the final one, and you know, again, these are all equal. I don't know which ones the first, should be first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, but take care of yourself and you know i'm i'm more i'm very guilty of not doing this one um and i see a lot of my clients who are just stressed and it, it takes a mental toll right you know eric when you're talking to your parents you know when you're thinking about maybe your children if you uh, grandchildren um it's it, it takes a toll right because absolutely I, I would do anything for my my grandparents my mom my dad um, you know, my grandparents are past, but I would do anything for my kids, my, my grandkids. Um, and if things are not going well for some reason, it takes a mental toll. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then there's no way you could possibly help your parents, your grandparents, or your kids. So you're going to be stuck in that club sandwich and you're not going to be doing any good. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as, as hard as we try, right, it, it's still... There is a mental toll. It's all about, you know, the, the tools that you can do to, to lessen that or to kind of release some of that stress. And, and you know, and I guess, you know, the, the common theme through all the, the, the five that I talked about or the things that I would want to leave people with is, you know, oftentimes there are things that I can talk to people about that they can't. Mm. I might say the exact same thing to their parents, but coming from me, somebody independent, Yep. where there's not as much emotional um, baggage, history, um, context. Oftentimes I can say the same things. Like I've talked to, uh, I have a client of mine who's also a really good friend, and I said, let's make a deal. I'll tell, them, I'll tell your kids what to do, and you tell my kids what to do, <laughs> and then they'll probably do <laughs> yes. it. Yes. You know, because if we, if we tell my kids, they'll be like, no. Um, and so there are just times when, you know, in life, when you're you, you're stressed, you're thinking about it, you're worried about it. Where you're just better off hiring a specialist or bringing somebody in like me who does this every day, your attorney, your CPA, somebody who who deals with these issues all the time, and who doesn't have kind of the same emotional uh, history, and and maybe they'll be listened to a little better, saying the exact same thing you are, maybe. So, anyway, that that's that's the that's the most common uh, thread that I see running through all these ideas about being part of the sandwich generation is if you bring somebody in from the outside, oftentimes things can, can get done um, a little better, a little faster. Um, and I found that in my own family too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree hundred um, percent. My experience tells us <laughs> right through, through raising children that they do listen to other people a lot of times. And then 
lately I've also found that bringing somebody in to help talk to mom and dad, same thing. It's almost a neutral party. Uh, and that's been very, very helpful in these last five years for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, I just think things go smooth, smoother. That's all. And yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm typically saying the exact same thing as my client would to their parent, but for some reason coming from somebody independent, it, it has more weight. Yeah. Well, if, if people are listening and saying, hey, this, that actually sounds like a really good idea, I wouldn't mind having a conversation and maybe bringing in Tim or somebody from his team to chat with my fill in the blank, right? Parent, grandparent, you know, son, daughter, whatever. Um, you know, how, how do they reach out to you to get a hold of you to, to maybe set that up? So I'm a managing partner of Hightower Great Lakes, and they could always call 219-531-4941 or send me an email at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com. And I'll be glad to help. Fantastic. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wellstream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this is a great one to share because maybe it'll break down some of those barriers when, when they're not sure about talking about certain subjects. Uh, maybe this can break the ice a little bit. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealthstream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 